Welcome to the Higher Ed Huddle, where we discuss the most relevant topics in higher ed today. I'm your host, Joe Trano, and on today's episode, Al Williams is joining me in a conversation about technology shared services. Al works for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts Executive Office of Technology Services and Security as a Deputy Chief Service Officer. Previously, Al worked at the Commonwealth in roles including CIO of Massasoit Community College and as an IT lead for the Department of Higher Education in the Executive Office of Education. Al attended Lehigh for his undergraduate degree as an MBA from the University of Baltimore and a doctorate of education from Benedictine University. Al states his own views and opinions and is not representing any perspectives of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Welcome, Al. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Hi, Joe. I'm glad to be here and excited as well. Good. Um, and uh, in this episode, we're going to discuss your insights and perspectives regarding shared services and any key takeaways for uh, leaders. I'm excited about this topic. Obviously, I have a great interest in uh, shared services, and I'm really interested in hearing your perspective. Um, so I thought we could just get started and maybe talk about um, what shared services is. How, how would you describe shared services? I typically, uh, Joe, look at them as, you know, you're, you're consolidating some services that you're presenting to the rest of the organization that can be consumed by multiple entities of that organization. So that's typically, it's kind of a simple view, but uh, how I look at shared services. And these, and these can be any type of services, right? Not necessarily IT. These could be business services, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of people say back end, you know, the, more the financial HR type uh, functions. But yeah, it clearly doesn't have to be IT, um, but I, clearly IT makes, makes sense. Now, that being said, I wouldn't say all of IT should necessarily be a shared services. You know, I kind of view more infrastructure type IT services as really being more open to being commoditized and to also being a shared service where you get a little closer to the business and applications that maybe little less of a shared service in that kind of a model. But uh, yeah, clearly it could be IT and some other functions, as you mentioned. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and, and certainly um, shared services is something that's of great interest uh, currently in higher education um, as institutions really um, are struggling with uh, budgets, uh, enrollment. Uh, it's impacting their ability to provide specific services or to acquire new services. So looking at ways to reduce the cost or look at more efficient or collaborative ways to provide services to their um, students or faculty or, or administrative staff. Um, are there other reasons that come to mind that you feel this is, this is an important topic right now? Yeah, Joe, you've covered a lot of them. You know, efficiencies, uh, economy of scale. Uh, I think others are, you know, improving processes, right, in general, um, where, where it makes sense, where it makes sense to centralize things or, or share services. If you can improve those processes, uh, I think that's a very important component of shared services. Um, I also think, like, if we think about, like, security, one area that you haven't mentioned yet, but security uh, I think that's a, a very difficult field right now to attract and retain very qualified candidates. And it's so important. So, um, you know, I'm part of a very large organization, IT organization in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. 
and we're having trouble, right, managing and attracting that, that kind of talent. I can't imagine if you're a community college by yourself somewhat, right, um, you know, not, you know, ha- you know, not being able to provide perhaps compensation that's commensurate with what, you know, people who want to kind of maximize their income, it's very difficult to compete with those resources. So I think that's another big attraction today of, of shared services is being able to staff an appropriate level of expertise to provide the services that are needed. And as you pointed out, you know, schools today, it's almost like I have a lot of manufacturing experience. And so we used to measure downtime, right, in like hundreds of thousands of dollars per minute. Well, schools are getting like that, right? Without certain, you know, if a network is down or an application is down, the ability to teach, to you know, some things you talked about, to enroll students, to have students be able to pay their bills and things like that, you can bring that all to a grinding halt. So it's, you know, it's, it's you know, that infrastructure, that ability to kind of keep things operating is so much more important. So the more efficient and more effective that you can be in doing that, that's the value driver for why we do these things now, I think, in IT. Yeah. Yeah, I like those examples. Uh, certainly around security, I can see some of the benefits of, of you know, sharing um, resources, sharing knowledge, information sharing, um, maybe in some type of services model, I think uh, would, would go hand in hand quite well. Um, what do you think some of the challenges are of a shared services model or agreement or collaboration? I think a lot still stem with with typical change management type things, right? It's it's generally not the technology; it's generally the people and processes around that. Um, so you know, people who have kind of run things, you know, themselves, or if, you know, you have kind of an autonomous service model right now. You know, people are a little hesitant to kind of centralize that and they'll lose control. Or is this centralized or shared services team? Are they really going to know our business as well as we do? Um, you know, I, so I think those are, are some of the, what I would consider some of the challenges. And then another one, I, I, this is to me, just math that we're just, it, it, you figure it out, but a big stumbling block sometimes is just how do you charge for those services too, right? How do you fairly charge for all the services that are being shared? I know in IT sometimes that we can kind of get, you kind of get bogged down in some of those discussions, but I, I think it's just, you know, that's just, it just takes time and the right people to figure things out. You were, you were talking about um, some of the challenges and, you know, one, one of, one of the things that we hear sometimes is uh, the word consolidation. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's so much that individuals look at uh, a shared services or collaborate, a collaborative type of model if they look at that as consolidation, and so you know, consolidation has this this you know um, moniker of a bad thing, um, because people immediately think that oh, we're going to eliminate positions. Um, how how would you you know respond to that, or what are your thoughts about the word consolidation? Do you do you see it tied to shared services as much as you know maybe we see in the news, or what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, it's a good question, Joe. So I view them as, as somewhat, somewhat distinct, right? Where consolidation to me connotes a little more accountability and authority over the service. Where if you use a word more like collaboration, you know, that C word is more, well, you know, it's, it's, it's good, right? I can reach out, I can listen, I can get different perspectives, but 
then I can do whatever the heck I want anyway, right? And there's, I think there's applicability for, for those two things in, in, th- you know, in the right things. When it comes to security, and, and again, I'll, I'll focus there, Joe, if you don't mind, but this is where I think consolidation makes a little bit more sense um, because, you know, there are, we know there are best business practices by people who have, you know, that's, you know, that's what they bring to the party, right? That's their competency is security. That's all they do. And so, and it changes so quickly. So I think that's why when you're centralizing something and you're giving accountability for that being managed to someone else, that makes sense in that particular regard. Now, again, it's change management. People have to, you know, moving from A to B, take some change management to get there. But that's, that's why I think consolidation can be a good thing. I understand it has a negative thing if people are controlling things just for the sake of control. But when I view control around security, it's really ensuring that we have the right people doing the right things around security, you know, from a policy perspective, from a, how the, you know, the packets are inspected in and out of an organization. You know, I don't think there's a lot of variance on how that should be done properly from a security perspective anymore, right? Um, and so let's, let's have people do that who know how to do it and do it well and can keep up with things. And can, again, back to what we said previously, attract and retain the people needed to do that. So that's where I think we're, excuse me, where, control, where consolidation makes more sense versus collaboration. Security is one of those few places I, I don't know if you could collaborate yourself to greatness, to be quite honest. It's a little easier to consolidate yourself to greatness, right, from a security posture perspective. Um, but I think there's other areas where collaboration makes, may, may make more sense, but not, I think, when we're talking about how to design a network, how to design telecommunications, how to design security policies uh, today. Those, those are, I think, there is a, you know, a, a better way to approach it. And I think the quicker you can move to that, the, the, the more secure, the more efficient and more effective you'll be. I think consolidation, especially if you're, if you're looking at it more as a control type thing in a good way, makes sense for things like, for like security. Um, I'm not a big believer that you can collaborate your, your way to greatness when it comes to the security realm, right? Just because it's so complicated, it's evolving so much. And so to me, to have a service of people that can keep, you know, that's their core competency. They can keep current with that and manage that across multiple entities is a much better way than collaboration. Now, again, I don't want to give collaboration a bad name either. That makes a lot of sense in certain, in certain cases, but it's like anything else, right? I think we've, we're learning like with leadership, you know, we, we every, you know, there's no one way to do it right. Generally it depends upon the situation and then you, you know, you, you, your leadership or your security, it, it, it depends upon the situation you're talking about. So again, I think, Consolidation makes sense with security. Uh, collaboration makes sense in other areas. That's, that's how I view the difference between them. You need to do both and you apply them where it makes the most sense. Yeah, I like that. I like that analogy. And um, I agree with you. I think the consolidation piece on security, I think, is a great fit. Um, and I think about not so much that, um, you know, staff are, you know, having responsibilities taken away from them. They are. However, I think there are certain 
um, uh, services that really lend themselves well to a single entity really overseeing those particular services for a group um, of members, for example. And I'm just using a really simple example here. And I think what it does is it frees up those resources to work on other things um, that doesn't require day in day out type of attention. And so they can, they can maybe focus on more strategic items from a security standpoint. Um, and I, I, I think that consolidation works really well. Um, mm -hmm. And I like the collaboration piece that you mentioned about really other areas outside of uh, security. And uh, certainly from an ERP standpoint, there's a, you know, potential for a lot of collaboration. Um, so is there, um, is there any, any thoughts that you have regarding, you know, consolidation or collaboration in a, uh, a system or a non-system um, area? So when we think about uh, some states have schools that are in districts or are part of a system, and then there's others that are very independent, um, but we've seen, you know, collaboration, consolidation, perhaps with MOUs or type of agreements that uh, allow them to work uh, together. But do you see any differences or any benefits to being in a system versus not being in a system? Uh, what, are, what are some thoughts around that that you have? Yeah, um, most of my experience, Joe, is, is in a public school system of higher education. You know, you have community colleges and state schools and then perhaps some universities associated with that. And, you know, I think that's a great model for uh, both consolidation and, and collaboration. Right? And I know we're, we're talking mostly about IT, but, you know, there's a lot of non-IT areas where that makes sense, right? I know there are some states, and I don't have a, a huge exposure to other states, but I do know what happens in some other states, right, where, you know, sometimes if you're, you're at that community college system and you're taking biology 101 and then you want to move on to your four-year degree, uh, you all those prerequisites may not, you know, apply, right, towards the four-year degree when you're going to the state school. And so there, there's obviously an area where, you know, let's make sure that, you know, when we have a student, we're preparing them for maybe a four-year degree, and maybe they're at a two-year degree. Let's make sure that, you know, the two plus four system or the two plus two system works towards that bachelor's degree uh, and that all the courses make sense. Um, you know, so I think that's just, there's an area just like with IT that there's, there's areas that student registration, I know in, in, the, in the Commonwealth that I'm in, if you go to three different schools, you probably have three different student IDs. That's not the way it should work, right? That's just not commonsensical. You know, from a school perspective, we want to know Al and where he's been and what credits he has and how we could put that all together and map out a plan what makes sense for him. Not for Al to tell us, you know, all the courses and this mismatch of stuff and that we didn't even know he was a student in two other places. Um, and IT is no different, right? And IT actually is, I think, a good enabler of those kind of things so that, you know, you can have the, the technology managing those things so that the student experience is much more seamless and much easier around helping them get to where they, whatever outcomes they want to get to from their, from their education. Um, and so I think security in a, in a system should be fairly standard, right? Every, you know, you, you know, 
you have one network. I know it's kind of a nice moniker, right? But you know, you're using one network with all these underlying infrastructures and vendors. You know, it's very difficult to manage security vendors, to be quite honest, at least my experience, right? And that's a special talent of being able to manage that. And so you have someone doing that across many schools, ensuring that there is, um, you know, shared, there's a shared infrastructure that is very secure. So um, now individual schools may need to do that. I don't have as much experience there, but um, I think it's a little harder for them to do that, right? Because they can't take advantage of economies of scale as much, right? They have to compete, you know, for a CISO. Um, if they want their own CISO, that is not an easy person to find and hire mm-hmm. and retain these days. I think when you have a kind of a shared service that is benefiting from an economy of scales and benefiting the talents of the CISO or CISOs uh, and leveraging that across a, a broader base is a much better model. Not and not just from a cost perspective, right? We used to always think about these things of doing it just from a cost efficiency, but from a, and, and there is that, but from a security perspective, I think it's just, it's more from a, an effectiveness and leveraging good talent, good, hard to find talent that isn't readily available across as many institutions as possible makes sense. Yeah. Don't you think that doing it that way, they all benefit from the, from the expertise of, of a model like that versus individual school that has a, you know, uh, a fantastic CISO. Um, but being able to, and, and there may be institutions that can't afford a CISO, for example. And so in that shared services model that you were describing, having a CISO that's uh, shared amongst all the institutions, and or maybe it's a, a team of CISOs uh, providing those services, they all benefit from it, right? So they're able to yeah. benefit more together than they could on their own or individually. Would you, would yeah. you agree with that? Absolutely. And I'm not sure, you know, like, excuse me, the, the Commonwealth I'm in, you know, very autonomous, the schools, their own board of trustees don't really even report up to the executive offices of, of, of how we manage things. And there are very good people there, but it's, it's just, it's just difficult to get and retain that, that kind of talent that you need. And, and Joe, as you just said, so when you have that and you can leverage it, it, it just makes sense. And a lot of times security isn't that, you know, when you talk about ERP, you know, there's, there's much more nuances the closer you get to the classroom. But with security, that's not necessarily the case, right? And so that, I just think it, it, the functionality or, or that, that service opens itself. It's easier to leverage too to begin with. Not only does it make sense to do that, but it's a little easier to do that than some of the other things we've discussed in higher education. Yeah, good point. You know, we've been talking about security being an easy win for shared services, or at least a an easy target for shared services. Are there are there other services that you feel are are um, you know very suitable to a shared services model? I think uh, I think networking is a, is another area where it makes sense to leverage that techno- you know that understanding across shared services, um, telecommunications. Um, call center technology. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, we used to, I used to say this about invoicing systems. You know, it's it's hard to get a competitive advantage from an invoicing system, right? Um, invoicing is invoicing, and I'm not. It's, it's very important. It's a very important function, but 
it's not an area where you want to spend your time to differentiate that much more than anybody else's because the, the return on that investment probably isn't there. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about um, telecommunications, call center, you know, to me, I, it, it's almost, and I know that a lot of people in IT don't like when we say commoditized, but any, any service that's commoditized, I think uh, managing servers, uh, data centers, that all falls under the cost efficiency, cost effectiveness model, you know, kind of providing the infrastructure upon which then you can really go nuts with the applications, right? And, and where you can really, uh, it, you know, tailor things, right? Another C word, I have to be careful with, but customize or configure things where you can really drive some advantage to what you're trying to do at your school. Uh, but most other things, I would say would be a good shared services from an IT perspective. No, I, I can appreciate that. Um, it makes sense to me, and I'm sure it's it's making sense to our listeners. Um, so here's the sixty-four thousand dollar question: How do how do we get states and districts and other systems of higher ed to consider more collaboration or more partnerships around shared services? Yeah, I, I think that the easy answer is uh, not the easy answer, but what you know what makes the most sense. Around how do you how do you justify anything? Right? It should be justified on the value. What's the value driver of this project or what we're trying to do? Um, and I think when it comes to security, the value driver is getting a little easier to, to to quantify, right? Because unfortunately, schools are are getting hit with you know distributed denial of service attacks, uh, ransomware. So obviously the value can be that, you know, if we can show a model uh, or shared service that can really improve our posture or lower our risk to these kind of things, that should be a driver. And that's where you should start. That's why you do these things. You don't, you don't consolidate just for the sake of consolidating, right? And, and you don't want to, that's not how you approach it. You approach it more from, you know, listen, there's, there are numerous examples. There's best business practices around how they should could probably best be managed at this time. And so let's look at that and then let's build a case around what the ideal should look like, what that shared service might look like, and then understanding what where people are. And then you just kind of do the analysis of kind of getting point people from point A to point Z. Now understand that there's maybe you can't always get from A to Z. You might have to go from A to D to whatever it might be, but I think it's important to start out with what that ideal looks like and the value that that ideal brings and gets everyone invested. And then that now, and then just other things would be obviously some strong executive sponsorship around that because it's it's easy for me to say to do this. It's not typically, you know, it's like a, you know, on, on the private sector that you know them going through an ERP effort. They're very difficult to do. I think the failure rate was over fifty percent at one point. At least wow. I know that was that was true in the chemical process industries back in the 90s. Um, so um, it's a difficult project. So you have to make sure you have you know your 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 good project methodology in place when you're doing it. Um, so that's how it should be done. Um, what's interesting is sometimes that still doesn't get everybody there, right? And I do know some states have started to kind of legislate consolidation, right? You know, we, you know, we don't need all this administration to manage all these schools and we're going to consolidate a lot of these, what we call shared services, right? Um, 
the Commonwealth that I'm involved in right now, actually there is a legislation around consolidating some IT for the executive offices in the Commonwealth. Now, I think the legislation came about because of the value drive, right? That there was a reason behind doing this. But sometimes it's good to have that kind of, uh, you know, backing. Talk about a sponsorship for getting things done. Well, having a legislative act to help you do this can be very helpful, right? Because this is difficult. It's difficult to get people to this point if they're not, not on board with it to begin with. So, um, I, again, I, I do think it's – so another thing, too, Joe, which might be helpful, and I'm sorry to kind of just be brainstorming some ideas or throwing out some ideas, but, um, you know, I think there's still a little bit of – if your school is attacked in some capacity, right, um, you know, there's a lot of things you have to follow if you're if, – you know, you know, there's a lot of privacy laws and legislation, especially outside of the U.S., that you have to conform to. But – there is a propensity to, if I don't have to really disclose something, I'm a little hesitant to do so, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, one is for good reason, right? You're a little worried about if someone, if, if public, if the public, right? You know, nefarious forces in the public find out that you're somewhat susceptible, it might make you more of a target than you already are. Right. I understand that. But then there's also the part of, well, I don't want to kind of expose my dirty laundry in public. Um, and we have to get past that, right? We have to, you know, let people know, let school systems know that you are a target and you will not, you will never be 100% secure, but there are ways to be much more secure than you are. And there's, there's a lot of things going on that you may not know about, you know, schools not, not having their systems available, uh, paying ransom, things of that sort. I, I think like some, if presidents of schools or whoever the CIO is reporting to, perhaps the CFO, or even the board of these schools knew the extent of what really is going on and the impact that it can have to their business. I think that would help, uh, help them understand, like, there, again, that's a, a value driver in making that not happen. But if you don't know, the, if you don't know it's that big an issue, why would, you know, you have so many th other things to worry about. So it has to be a priority to people outside of IT to help make these things happen too and drive these, these kind of uh, efforts going forward. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And I, I, I think about the, the institutions that have had breaches, um, you know, it's painful to, to have that information public or known, right? Mm -hmm. um, not just from an institutional reputation standpoint, but really the leadership that's there, that's embarrassing. Uh, especially from a uh, IT leadership standpoint, or maybe even the president. Um, yeah, however, sometimes that's what it takes for there to be uh, action or movement in a direction that really helps um, other institutions um, prevent or at least um, increase uh, increase their their posture or cybersecurity security posture in a way that maybe delays or reduces the chances that they're going to have the same thing happen. And I say that because um, it's, it's hard to convince others to, um, to, to come together and either give up a little bit of control or have to pay into a shared services model 
um, to take advantage of. But I think to your point, there is a lot of value. And I think if you can show the value of, um, of a system or a model, I think anyone that's in a leadership role will see the benefit and the value in doing it. And, and they would be supportive. Um, I, I can't imagine people not being supportive of this uh, or a, a model that would benefit or help um, improve their security posture. And we're just, you know, strictly speaking about security. Yeah. So I, I think it, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Joe, excuse me. I think another I, big component of this too is, you know, I don't want to make, this is not one-sided at all, right? So IT, when they're doing shared services or becoming more of a shared services organization, they have to learn and grow and understand what it means to really be a customer service oriented organization, right? And, and I know there's a lot of people would, would say that has never been, you know, may have not been the IT strong point to begin with. So that's also, you know, as, as whoever's providing those services, right? Whether it's finance, HR, whoever the shared services provider is, you know, they have to be uh, very cognizant of what it means to be a customer service organization and what you have to do to, uh, you know, make sure that your, your customers view you in that light. So, so not only does it you know make sense to do that, but the how you do it is is very important too, right? And you don't want people moving away from a central or a shared service model where it makes sense just because the service was poor. That's not the right reason, right? Or the the the, the you should move away from from the right model. You should fix what's wrong in the model before abandoning it. But sometimes sometimes that's how organizations move um, instead. Yeah, that's 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 a good point, and I. You know, there's so many different examples. Um, and, you know, you know, consolidation, collaboration, shared services. It's been around for many, many years, as you know. Um, I, I can recall maybe 20 years ago, there was a mandate from a chancellor for a system to look at ways to be more efficient and effective as as a as a system. And they looked at IT and they looked at all the different services and where there's opportunities to collaborate or, or take advantage of economies of scale. And so, you know, the concept has been around for decades, um, mm -hmm. but we're not seeing as much movement in that direction. And I, I, you know, I often wonder why. And maybe, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not as simple as just, you know, banding together um, and and working together, I think there's more nuance. There's more variables associated with. I think in the beginning of our our discussion, you mentioned how do you how do you look at uh, charging for services if you were to consolidate to a, a shared services entity, yeah. for example. So there's a lot of different components, and obviously there's politics involved in this. And I think the independence piece, I think, is uh, you know certainly a, a big piece of it as well. So. But I think I'm starting to see a trend in the direction of, you know, collaboration, a little bit of consolidation, maybe, you know, a shared, uh, shared way of thinking. Um, and I, I, I like it. I, I, think it's, I think it's good. I think it'll be good for higher ed, certainly in the IT space, maybe even on the business side. You can see some opportunities to standardize uh, what the student experience is. Um, mm -hmm. you know, enrollment or financial aid or, or the business office, for example. Yeah, no, Joey, I mean, I, I still think, you know, in higher edu education, we're still talking about accessibility and affordability mm -hmm. uh, and quality. Uh, you know, those have been kind of three tenets that 
I believe, you know, Secretary of Education many, you know, more than 50 years ago said were, were issues that, you know, back then, and I think they're still very prevalent today. And so, you know, again, I think we, we want to do these things for the right reasons for students, right? You know, um, but it's, it's, it's a myriad of things, right? I think um, like cost effectiveness is still a, a very big driver around what we could do in IT. Um, as you said, we know that, you know, we're in a, a cycle, a long cycle of demographics that there's just not, you know, there, there won't be as many, you know, college age available people or students coming out of high school over a few years. Um, and, you know, we know that, uh, you know, education affordability is still a very, very big concern. And, and you know, the, the amount of debt that students are graduating with. Um, and so anything that we can do to you know, you know, allow schools to be a little bit more flexible with their cost models so that they can, you know, you know, kind of ramp down cost as appropriate when needed and to make things more affordable, but not reducing the quality of those services. You know, those are those are things that we've been talking about for a long time. And I I, I hope that we continue to make sure that those are our focus areas and we continue to do what we can. Now, I happen to be in IT, so I want to do what I can from an IT perspective to improve student success in our higher education system, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah. again, I think that's that's the value that we're all trying to, to, to work towards and continue to work. To. There's, there's been amazing, you know, there has been progress, but we just need to obviously continue to, to hopefully make it a little bit more exponential, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a slow. Um, yeah. We don't like to see a, a higher, <laughs> more, yeah. a more slope. A steeper, <laughs> a yeah, a steeper slope. slope. Yeah, <laughs> it's been, yeah. Um, you know, as we kind of wrap up our time today, I, I wanted to ask you if you have any lessons learned that you can share around your experience uh, with shared services models. Anything that, you know, any words of wisdom if I'm an IT leader and I'm thinking about having a conversations uh, with other other institutions or institutions in my district or system, what are some lessons learned I should be aware of? Anything come to mind? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to trying to just be additive or purposeful here, Joe. Um, you know, I this is going to sound a little, little cliche, but you know, still so much of it probably comes down to relationships as with almost anything. Right. And, and um, you know, so what do I mean by that? It's, it's just, um, you know, especially in your role, Joe, right. Or as, as we're trying to kind of communicate this message to a larger audience, uh, it's really just, who are the right people that we need to network and form relationships with to help understand, um, you know, what the risks that are, that are, that are, that are here. Or, and then maybe also that, like you said, and the value that things can drive. This is one of those, these areas, I think with certain parts of shared services there, it shouldn't be as hard to sell as, as it is. Right. Because there's not only value, but there's also risk and uncertainty and, you know, very horrible things that can happen. So, um, you know, we have to make sure that we're working with the right people and delivering this kind of message that can, that can drive this kind of change from, uh, you know, a macro and micro perspective. And I know this is very, very high level motherhood and apple pie, but, or, 
you know, I shouldn't say motherhood, you know, just apple pie, right? Just it's, it's I'm at a very high level here. Um, but but sometimes significant change like this doesn't happen without some significant pain to help guide it. And I hope we don't have to get to that point, right? Where we're having so many attacks and so many issues uh, that, that that's the motivation for us to move. But it's more working at a chancellor level. There's a lot of, I've been in higher education for a few years, but there are so many good collaborative boards, right? That would, you know, that, that uh, you know, around community colleges or state universities, um, legislation, you know, maybe even lobbying to some extent, I don't know, you know, but someone needs to help deliver this message at the right levels to the right people, I think, to really drive the change, because we have to be, this kind of change has to be more revolutionary than evolutionary, because if we keep going kind of the evolutionary perspective, the people that want to do damage to us, that want to, to, to ransom our data, that want to make money, will win, right? Because uh, they're motivated, if they're, if they're properly resourced, they're motivated, uh, we have to be just as diligent and motivated and, and, and proactive as we can be. So I do think it's, it is kind of these relationships at the right levels, at the government, at lobbyists, at, at organizations, uh, helping to manage things, accreditation uh, components, really, maybe that this becomes a little bit more of, of uh, being accredited uh, in, in the U.S. or even globally, right, around there is always a component around information technology, but perhaps maybe we need to look at, um, is there enough teeth behind that? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that, I don't mean to go on, but I, that's, that may be the, the, last, the last thing that I, I'd probably add in the, that maybe we haven't talked about. Yeah, I like that a lot. I really, you know, I, I agree and I, 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 see firsthand the importance of building relationships and really answering the question of what's in it for me and why I should do this and really helping um, build build a desire for people to want to explore it further, really to understand the value and the benefit of doing it and working together. And I, I think, I think if you take that, that, direction i think you're going to be more successful in in you know having having really productive conversations and really looking at ways to work together versus just being out there on on your island alone uh, working independently so right yeah. and it's not and this isn't an it issue right and this shouldn't even be approached not, that way, right no. this is a you know again it's a efficiency effectiveness component and and um you know, IT should be should be looking at this alone, right? President shouldn't be looking at this alone. It needs to be again the proper relationship across both of those. It's a very cross-functional type of thing, and and you know we don't want to address these as IT projects. They're you know student success projects, right? Exactly. So helping build a better student experience. Exactly. Well. I um I want to thank you for joining me today and sharing your insights on shared services. This has been fantastic. I, I certainly feel there's a lot here for our listeners to consider. And uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. 
You can find our podcast on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple iTunes. Check back next month for another great topic and a great guest. Until then, stay well.